such a blessing. Amen. Uh, just thankful for, once again, all of you that are here, our guests, and um, of course, they're with us Sunday, but the, the flowers, the, the elder, elder flowers, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that one of these days, but uh, just good to have them, and I'm actually going to turn this over to, to Brother Flowers. He's going to, to minister to us in song, and, and uh, I would say whatever's on his heart if, if he feels as well. Uh, so, Brother Flowers, I'm going to turn this to you. Amen. You can be seated. I don't know if I like that elder, elder flowers or not. We, <laughs> it is better than old man. You're right. Uh, our church there in, in Holly Springs, they, they were always wondering what to call me. I just, just call me Brother Flowers. That's fine. One of us will answer, and hopefully to be the right one. Amen. I was excited as if we were, Caleb and I were here last night uh, cleaning the baptistry out and talking about probably the greatest miracle that God does on earth. It's not healing cancer, not healing or delivering somebody from cigarettes or alcohol. It's the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the baptism in his name into his family, becoming one of his children, one of the greatest things in the world. Amen. I was excited tonight knowing that we were going to have a baptistry because it's just a, it's a miracle to watch what God does to a life and what he's able to continue to do on an ongoing basis, bringing you closer and closer to him as you learn to walk with him, learn to trust in him, amen, and as you grow in him, amen, it's just a great thing, and I'm excited to see this start tonight, amen, and then excited to hear what happens from it, and I'm, I'm just thankful to be a part of that. Amen. I'm going to sing a song. It's probably the most country song on my album. People up here, especially my grandkids today, were making fun of the way I talk. I don't know where they get that from. But uh, it talks, it's a, it's a great story. It talks about Jesus, how he, he died for us, that we could be free. He bore all our sins, he bore our shame, he, our sorrow, everything that we have on this earth, he takes it from us, he makes us clean. And this song says he made it so we can be, still be free. Amen. I want to sing that tonight. I hope it blesses your heart. Amen. And, and uh, worship the Lord as I sing. Be thankful for what he's done for you. Thankful for what he's going to do in this new life tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lock me up in a prison and throw away the key and take away the vision from these eyes that now, now can see. Then deprive me of the food I eat, and even bind my hands and feet. But as long as I know Jesus, 
then I can still go free that I could still go free think about it what kind of man would reach down his hand and do this for me oh unworthy to live that was me and not fear to kill then a man on a cross put me in his will and said that I could still go free. Well, I never could quite understand why a king would want to leave his throne. Think about where he came from. To dawn the road of an earthly man and feel the pain of flesh, flesh and bone. And then to later trod that lonely path that led to Calvary where the blood's red stains they broke all of my chains so that I could still go free that I could still go free what kind of man would reach down his hand and do this for me You see, I was unworthy to live and not fit to kill. Then a man on the cross, he put me in his will and said that I could still go free. Praise God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank God. It's wonderful to have my parents here with us. I'm appreciative of them. They brought me from a long way. <laughs> and today is my dad's birthday. 
So happy birthday. I was thinking as we were trying to figure out who's the elder here uh, that uh, several years ago I thought some people call their dad their old man. And I said, I don't know how old your dad has to be to call him that, but mine's not yet. <laughs> and I'm reminded today on his birthday, he's still not old enough for that to me yet. But amen, I'm glad that they are here. I'd like to, um, I'd like to try to share what I feel from the Lord tonight. As I guess I somewhat frequently do, I'll, I'll give you a question. Uh, I feel like the Lord gave me this question. And uh, we'll sort of talk a little bit about this. Is it possible to share God's word without sharing? No, let me, let me start over. Is it possible to share God's word without it being a word from God? And hopefully we'll, we'll get to where that makes a little bit of sense. Um, is it possible to share God's word without it being a word from God? Now, let me just start right off the bat and tell you, yes, it is. And if, for, if uh, there are no other examples of it than this, I'll give you a few. And what I would say is the devil loves to kind of share God's word or to quote it out of context. So when he shares God's word, is it a word from God? No, it's a word from the devil. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said... Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time there, but I'm just giving you an example of God's word being shared. But that is not a word from God. And he even then goes on as she tries to answer and justify and speak on behalf of God. He goes on and questions it further, causes her to question it in her mind. He doesn't really mean that, you know, you heard him say that and somebody told you that he said that, but that's not really what it means. And it's, he's an, a, immediately questioning God's word. Matthew chapter four, verse five. Then the devil taketh him, being Jesus, up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou beest the Son of God, cast thyself down. Th jump off this high mountain if you are the Son of God. Just go. Just jump. If you are the Son of God, because it's written, for it is written. And he's going to, you know what he's going to do? He's going to share the word of God. It's written. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. You know what? The devil just quoted the word of God right there. 
He shared the word of God. And I'm intentionally using the term share because we live in a share society right now in 2021. We live in a share society. We live in a post society, a like and comment society. We live in a publish society. And it's all about what you post, what you share. In this day and age. So is it possible, I'll ask you again, is it possible to share the word of God and it not be a word from God? No, everybody that posts scripture on social media is sharing a word from God. Really? Maybe they were, but then is it God's direction for you to take that and share it and post it again because somebody else shared it? Oh yeah, we're just filling, we're just filling social media with the word of God. And we'll get enough posts out there. We'll get enough scripture out there that will save the world through Facebook. We'll get enough scripture posted online that people know God. Now, I'm not just saying you can't stop. You got to stop sharing scripture or if God gives you inspiration, don't post it. Don't hear me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm wanting you and what I feel like God is cautioning us to tonight is. Not everything scriptural that you see online is a word from God. The scripture says, beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. A wolf in sheep's clothing is going to try not to look like a wolf. It's going to try to look like a sheep. It's going to try to look harmless. It's going to try to look subtle. It's going to try to look like it belongs in the sheepfold as a servant, as a holy one, as a disciple, as a saint. That's what a wolf in sheep's clothing wants to appear as. And the scripture cautions us, beware. beware. Everybody say beware. That means be on alert, be on the lookout. Not, oh, that sounds good and scriptural and spiritual. I'm going to post it or I'm going to share it because I want people to know that I love Jesus too. Or I want people to know that I read my Bible. So I'm going to share a verse as proof. I'm not mad. I might be a little mad. Matthew, go back to Matthew 4, verse 3. We're speaking of this passage where, where Satan took Jesus up in the mountain and said, Here, it's written, you can jump off and you won't get hurt. He also says a few verses earlier, Matthew 4, 3, When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. By the way, Jesus was fasting at this time 
and he was intentionally not eating. So, ergo facto, he was hungry. I don't know how long, I don't know if you've ever fasted and not gotten hungry. No, that's a part of it. If you're fasting and you're not hungry, well, we won't go there. But so he tells Jesus, just command these stones, turn into bread, and you'll have something to eat. You won't have to hunger anymore. You're Jesus. Why do you need to fast? Jesus says, verse 4, He answered and said, It's written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I'm going to try to do this quickly, but let me just share with you the difference in something called rhema versus something called logos. We call both of them the word of God. They are both the word of God. In this passage, if you look up where he says, man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, how many of you know which one that one is? Is that rhema or logos? It's rhema. Because it is God choosing to speak at a certain time, a certain word. That's the rhema. Every word that proceedeth. And you are supposed to, every man shall live by. You are supposed to live by the rhema, the word of God. What God tells you, a certain word at a certain time. That is different now hear me, I'm not saying it's better or it's worse. It's different. It's a different word than logos. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word. And that word is logos, not rhema. In the beginning, there wasn't every spoken word spoken out of the mouth of God. There was the logos, the original word, the thought that was in God. Now, he spoke these words. The Bible says Scripture is given to us by inspiration of God. So he told a man, we'll use Brother Vance as an example. He said, Brother Vance, write down these words. The act of God speaking to Vance is, logo, is, is rhema. Hear my word, it's rhema to you. Now, he, trans, he transcribes that, he writes it down, and it is in now in a, in a book, or on a script, or on a scroll, or in a text. That becomes Logos. It was the rhema, it, was, it became recorded, and it is forever settled as Logos. God expressed this thought. If I wanted to, I could stay in the Logos tonight and take a sharp right turn and talk the rest of the night about how the Scripture says 
if you spare the rod, you spoil a child. That's logos. That's forever written, forever settled word of God. It's in the book, along with a lot of other stuff. But when God quickens something and says, I am, this word is proceeding out of my mouth into your spirit, into your ears, into your mind, and you are hearing, perceiving, listening to the word that is rhema, spoken word. And that's what Jesus said, man shall live by rhema. You need it. You need it. I need it. More than I need bread. More than I need food. Man shall live by the rhema of God. Let me give you this thing that the Lord, I felt the Lord share with me. Background noise. I'll give you an example. As I was on my way home from work, driving home from work, and I was trying to listen for Rhema, listen for the word of God, and he, he had, we were well into this, he and I, and he was sharing some of this, and I got about probably five minutes, ten minutes down the road, and I, I knew all along that my radio was on. And I was, it, 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 it's hearing, I wasn't really paying attention to it. But I knew it was on, and it was, I don't know, maybe it's a comfort thing as much as anything. It's just there, and it's on. And all of a sudden, the Lord starts talking a little bit more, and I thought, hang on, i got to turn this off. Why? Why did all of a sudden it become something that was a distraction to me? It had been on for the last five minutes, and it was no distraction. But then, and it wasn't because of what they were talking about. They weren't making a great point or whatever. It just all of a sudden became, I can't listen to both of these at the same time. And I turned it off, and I expressed that to the Lord. Sorry, I, I probably should have done that five minutes ago, but... Now you got my full attention. And that's, this is what he said. Background noise can be detrimental, especially if it impairs your ability to clearly hear, perceive, and know the voice of God. The clear sound of his voice. Background noise. Now you can classify that however you want. What's background noise? It's many different things to many different people. But if it becomes something that because it's, you're simply hearing it in the background, now you can't as clearly hear the voice of God, it's not just some small little thing. I felt the Lord gave me that word, detrimental. Because I don't want to miss any word that he's saying to me. I need it. I have to live by it. And if I don't cut out that background noise, I might miss it. I might just get part of it. I might just get a little bit of it. 
and I'll think, okay, well, that's good, but I missed all of it because of the background noise. There's this word. I, I would love to just sometimes sit down and show you my notes and talk about it because to me it's fascinating the way some, the Lord gives me stuff sometimes. Not always. It's usually a little different every time. But usually it's a verse or a word or a thought or a couple of sentences. Right now it's just one word on this one. The word is clarity. After he kind of gave me that about background noise, he said clarity. Clarity means no question, no confusion, no mix-up, no gray area. It's clear. You know exactly what it is, what you're seeing, what you're hearing. A clear picture. John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. You got a door, you got a gate with a door, and that's how you get in to the sheepfold, where the sheep are. If somebody got in there, some other way than through that door. That's a thief. They're not there to visit. They're not there to hang out, to socialize. They got in a different way. They are a thief, a robber. Verse 2, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. Get that picture, if you will, for just a minute. When he puts forth his sheep, he gets them all out, because they can't just live in the pen forever. they got to get out into the pasture. He gets them out of the pen into the pasture. That means he's put them out. And then it says he goes before them and they follow him. When my, when my dog was a puppy, you had to close every door and keep it closed. Because, I mean, he gets out and psh, he's gone. He doesn't know anything except go. Go, 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 go. Sniff, 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 sniff. There's stuff out here to explore. There's stuff out here I got to experience. So, man, you, you don't open that door. Keep it locked. Watch the door. Is it shut? Because you're worried about somebody, a puppy getting out and disappearing. He says, I put the sheep out. And I go before them, and they follow me. Now, okay, we're not just talking about sheep or little ones. We're talking about more mature. Someone that knows the voice is able to hear it clearly, distinguish, oh, that's the voice I am going to follow. That's the voice I know. 
Now let me go back and remind you what, what we said at the beginning. Can you share, is it possible to share the word of God and it not be a word from God? If you know his voice, then you know. Yeah, that's what that scripture says, but that's not how it's shared. That is what the verse says. Those are the words in my native language, but that's not the spirit behind it. You know that's not the voice. And so you start to distinguish, yes, word from God, no, not word from God. Word from God, not word from God. I know this voice. I don't know this voice. Are you listening? Verse 4, when he putteth forth his own sheep, some of you are listening. When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. If I could sum this up, this is how I would sum it up. Do you know the voice of God? They don't know the voice of strangers. That's why I don't have to worry about them running off or getting led astray or following someone or something that they shouldn't follow because they know the voice of God. We got to know his voice. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. No, not yet. Acts chapter 16, verse 17. Acts chapter 16, verse 17. I'll go back to verse 16. It came to pass as we went to prayer. Luke wrote the book of Acts. So when he says we, it's Luke and whoever else was with him. That's just a little side note. We went to prayer. A certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Verse 17, And the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. That's a true statement. These men are servants of the Most High God which show unto us the way of salvation. That's a true statement. So she's evangelizing for them, promoting them, publishing them, sharing them, liking, commenting. She's putting it on her page. Just use me as an example. I don't, I, I, it may be more than I, than I know I can think of offhand, but I, I don't frequently 
share spiritual, scriptural stuff anywhere on social media. I don't. Does that mean I'm not doing the work of God? I hope not. You know what else I don't do? I don't fill all of my news feeds with every possible Christian source and network and personality and church and pastor in the faith or not in the faith. I don't, I, I just don't. Because, because if I do that, I'm not just looking and following and hearing one voice. I'm opening myself up to all of these voices. Is it possible that a person could set up a social media page devoted to sharing Scripture and the Word of God and worship and praise and all of this stuff and that person do it but not be led by God while they're doing it. Yes, it's possible. I would dare say it is more common than not. How many of us has the Lord said, my calling for you is to develop social media pages that share my word? Nobody in here that I know of, and I'm your elder. So I don't, I don't plug into every single thing. Oh, it's all Christian, so it's all good. It's all logos, so it's all good. Not when it's shared by the wrong spirit. Not when it's shared with the wrong motive. Do, I, do you want me to prove it to you by teaching about how you're supposed to give so I can get the ministry can get? You don't want that, do you? I don't want to do that. But it's, it's my proof that I can share logos. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. But what's the motive behind it that's sharing it? I'm sorry if you feel like you're not ready to hear this yet. And I say that because I feel like maybe some of us feel that way. I'm new. This is all new to me. I don't know enough. I haven't been around long enough. Good. We'll start now. You don't have to go through. You don't have to write a bunch of stuff that has to be unwritten. You don't have, oh, you don't have to go back through and clear up your social media page and your history of archives. <sighs> I told you I'm not mad. I might be a little mad, but I'm not, I'm not mad and I'm not picking on anybody and I don't even have one specific thing in mind, okay? So this lady, this girl, goes around town telling the men of God are here. The word of God is here. 
Salvation is here. It's true. It's all, it's all true. Watch what Paul does. Verse 18. This girl did this many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. He put up with it for, for many days, in case you missed that. He heard it, he was grieved by it, but he thought, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that, I'm just going to keep doing what the Lord says. And then finally, he just, something happens, and he says, that's enough, no more, you're done. And it was done. Let's keep reading. When her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone. How did, they, what, how did they lose the hope of their gains? She Remember it says she brought them much gains. She brought them much money by, what was the word? Soothsaying. So when they see the hope of soothsaying is gone, they realize, oh, she's now just a girl. Just a human. She can't... Bring us much gain. They caught Paul and Silas. <laughs> now, maybe it makes a little more sense why Paul waited, was grieved for a few days. Put up with that long enough to get through the message that I need to get through. Because I know when that starts to get disrupted, all of this is going to start to get disrupted. They caught Paul and Silas, drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers. Now, if you will go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Matthew 7, verse Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we, and in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? Then I will profess unto them, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity." Depart from me. Uh, I will profess to them, I never knew you. Get out of here because you just worked iniquity. Iniquity means you just did what you wanted to do. I'm going to do this quickly. I'm almost done, I think. We're talking about how do I know this is God, this is the voice of God, this is the word of God, and how do I know when it's not? 
because I want it to be the rhema of God. I want it to be the, the word of God for me for now. I heard it put this way once. I believe it. I think I've shared it here. If you ever see two scriptures that seem like they contradict one another, it means we need more understanding on those scriptures. Scripture does not contradict itself. It doesn't say one thing over here and then another thing over here, and those just don't go in line together. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All of it's profitable. Let me show you this. I, I want you to turn to both of them, if you can, if you've got a Bible. And we're going to read, they're short verses, but I want you to see this. Mark 9, verse 40. Mark 9, verse 40. Hang on. Nope, we're not going to go there. Why don't we just pray for a minute? Lord, I hear the sound of your voice. Father, I thank you for speaking your word to me. I trust in you, Lord Jesus. I want to do as the scripture says and live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. I want to live, God, by the word that you would give me for this moment, for this day. Father, I'm not looking for every source. I'm not looking for every possible scenario. God, I'm not looking for every outlet. I'm just looking for you. I just want to hear the sound of your voice. I just want to know the sound of your voice, Lord Jesus, spoken to me so that when I hear it, I can follow it. I believe that your word brings direction to my life. I believe that your word brings strength to my life. It brings clarity to my life. Father, I'm leaning upon your word. I'm leaning upon your word, Jesus. I acknowledge you as the source of all that I have and of all that I need. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, my God. I thank you, my God. Lord, I'm examining right now every outlet, Jesus. I'm wanting to take inventory, Lord, of, and know those things that I set before my eyes or into my ears that I allow into my spirit, God. I want them to be a direct word from You. I want it to be as a rhema of the Holy Ghost from You to me for this moment, Jesus. Lord, I put my trust in it. I put my hope in it, Lord Jesus. God, in Your name. Jesus, in your name, I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know you, Lord. I want to know your voice. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand? 
Lord, I'm seeking after you. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Now, let me, let me just say this before we're done, we're, and we're going to get ready to do a baptism here soon. What I don't need is to feel like I'm always judging other people. It's easy to get there. It's very, very easy to get there. And think, oh, they're, they are doing what Elder Flowers said. So he must have been talking about them. I don't, that's not what we're interested in. We want to just know what God is saying to us. I want to hear his voice, his word spoken to me and not start to judge. Now, the word, the, the spirit of God will give you discernment to know. Oh, that sounds a lot like. And the Lord can use that as a moment of edification to you and bring wisdom and bring that, that word clarity to you. Not so you can go do anything with it. Like tell somebody they were wrong. No. It's for you. Everybody say, it's for me. It's for me. It's for now, for today. Say, it's for today. The Word of God. From Him to you, it's for today. And it's fresh. That's the most beautiful thing. Is when you start to learn, God will, will speak to you every day. All day, every day. And I don't just have to try and find somebody that's going to give me a scripture today. I get to hear it from Him. I get to receive it from Him. Lord, I thank You. I thank You for Your voice. I thank You for the strength, Lord, that You give us. I thank You for the renewed spirit. I thank You for the renewed Word of God, the fresh, quickened, powerful Word of God that You would speak to me into my spirit. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Amen. I'm going to let you greet one another as we get ready for this baptism. <laughs>